this is going to break your heart a little bit. On July 20th, 2013, The Hollywood Reporter uh, first um, reported on a rumor that the Flash movie was supposed to come out in 2016. Uh, in October 2014, Warner Brothers announced the movie would be released in 2018 nice. as its sixth installment of the DCEU. It is currently slated for 2022. Oh, and if you no. Google it, the first two things for people also ask is, is there a Flash movie coming out? And is the Flash movie canceled? Hi, I'm Kim. And I'm Xander, and you are listening to Geek Prime. This episode, we'll be talking about Crisis on Infinite Earths, the massive Arrowverse and beyond crossover that just wrapped up. Just a quick warning, there will be spoilers ahead, so listen at your own risk if you haven't already watched all of Crisis. Okay, so Crisis had the CWDC shows all team up to fight for the fate of the multiverse. People listening can't see, but you have quite the stack of trades over there. Yeah, I have uh, the trades of all the major crises, because uh, I am a big fan of DC's habit of putting out crisis books every 10 years or so. Um, and uh, and the first one, the first major one uh, was 1985. It was Crisis on Infinite Earths. And it's what the crossover that we just watched was based on. Um, they used a bunch of it. Uh, they also didn't use <laughs> some of it because they didn't establish all the stuff in there. But it was cool because they used some stuff from Crisis on Infinite Earths, some stuff from Zero Hour, which is kind of like the forgotten about crisis. Um, but uh, but in place of Green Lantern, who gave his life at the end and became Spectre, uh, it was instead Green Arrow who became Spectre. Uh, at the end of this crisis, I thought there were some cool, uh, some cool ways of of adapting some material with uh, Supergirl instead of Earth Two Superman waking up in uh, his own apartment uh, on New Earth uh, just to find out that he was on New Earth, not Earth Two. There was uh, said the Grant Gustin Flash. It was the John Wesley Ship Flash who ran himself into oblivion, uh, like the original Barry Allen did in. Crisis on Infinite Earth. So it was very cool how they how they adapted some of that. Um, I, like I said, very much like the idea of having these crises to reset the timeline. I know not everybody likes them because it's a lot of continuity building and a lot of continuity breaking. But um, but I think I think they're they're good for for the comics as a whole. So now we've gotten a little history on it. What were your overall thoughts on CW's crisis? I think what was so great about this event, and I was. Um, sort of gushing about it to my girlfriends constantly. Uh, whether or not they cared was a different story, but I just think there was so much fan service that was done through through this event. Um, to me, it kind of read like a thank you card to everyone who's read the comic books, watched the animated series, watched the movies, just kind of stuck by DC all of these years, um, despite the fact that, you know, Marvel sort of overtook DC in terms of popularity uh, via the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think there's still these diehard DC fans who are um, 
sort of these multi-channel DC fans who read the comic books, like I said, and, and watch the animated series or watch the um, the animated movies that they put out. Yeah, those are particularly good. Yeah, and, and who've really stayed loyal to to DC. I think this was kind of a, a gift. Um, it's the it's the Avengers that we deserve. Yeah. 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 So I I definitely like the callbacks. Um, I've seen mixed reactions uh, among my friends, among people online. Uh, a lot of people had positive reaction to it. Some people uh, did not like how uh, how it ended. They didn't like the last two episodes. Um, and I, I get that, but I I did feel, and we'll talk in, in a minute about, um, about what we didn't necessarily like about the show, about the crossover, but um, I thought that overall it was very much in line with the way these uh, the Berlanti verses kind of established itself, the tone, the um, all of that. Cool. So now that we've talked about what we liked about it, what did you not like about it? So I thought that they could have made some of the callbacks uh, a little bit more meaningful. Uh, I'm thinking specifically of uh, of some of the really anticipated ones like Tom Welling uh, coming back as Clark Kent. Uh, I understand the lesson that that part was where he got rid of his powers very um uh superman 2 um i believe it was the yeah um don't come after me online if if that was actually superman 3 i'm pretty sure it was superman 2 anyway um i do get like that aspect of it i feel like it could have they could have involved tom welling a little bit more i would have loved to see michael rosenbaum um they could have I felt incorporated Smallville a little bit more because Smallville was kind of the flagship DC property for, you know, for 10 years from when we were, you know, to kind of give our ages away from when we were in high school uh, through when we were in college uh, that I thought that they could have they could have somehow mixed that in a little bit more. Um, the the anti-monitor storyline could have been a little more cohesive. I feel like it lost some people. Uh, there was some of the stuff was a little confusing um, and the the. His like henchmen ghouls, um, I thought very much looked like time wraiths at one point. Um, I actually thought they were time wraiths. I've confused them with uh, that enemy that always runs after Barry when he messes with the timeline. Um, and then like my biggest peeve, and this is something again we'll talk about in a little bit, but the the ending I felt like was a little bit unclear because they implied that. All the CW shows are now taking place on the same Earth, which is very much in line with the original Crisis, where all the multiverse merges into New Earth. But then they show the multiverse being reborn to kind of keep the streaming shows on a different Earth and all that. And then the teaser for Black Lightning made it sound like they're on a different Earth. So I don't know if it's just the Flash, Supergirl, and Legends that are all on the and and Batwoman that are all on the same Earth now, and then. But then why isn't Black Lightning allowed to be on that Earth? You know, it's like it was a little unclear between that ending and then the teasers for the next show. So maybe they maybe they make it clear. Maybe in the next show they they say, no, I went to a parallel Earth, but now it's this Earth. But I mean, we'll have to wait till (laughs) the next episode to find out. Yeah. How about you? That was a really good point. Um, I wasn't, and I, I was honestly just too embarrassed to admit that I didn't know what was going on at the end. Um, and and I like my. This is a safe space. You could say that. Yes, as safe as um a podcast can be. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I I wasn't entirely sure what was happening at the end. My theory was that like 
when they all ended up on Earth Prime, um, that that was just the beginning. Maybe it just it takes a long time to build a bunch of universes, and so maybe it's happening kind of slowly. So it's. But does Supergirl stay on the the Flash Earth? Or does she go back to her Earth? And does Black Lightning stay on the Flash Earth? Or does he go back to his Earth? And, you know, that that's what they, they kind of left unclear. I mean, it felt yeah. like it was clear at the end. I felt like they were all on the same Earth. But then, like I said, it was that teaser for the next Black Lightning where they talk about, you went to a parallel Earth? Uh, that I, I was very confused because I was like, wait a minute. I thought we just settled this. Why is this guy asking about that? You brought up a good point again. Um, one of the things that I did not like is I kind of wish there was more Black Lightning. I now. Yeah, yeah, so, he got a little shortchanged. He's like the he's like the forgotten. Um, I feel like DC uh, show, you know, from like from like the Flareoverse. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. I will, you know, openly admit I did not watch Black Lightning, and I still don't watch Black Lightning. But with the with me watching Crisis and and being invested in all the other shows, and this this was kind of my longest exposure to the Black Lightning character, and I actually kind of like him, mm-hmm. and I kind of wish there was more of him, and that probably could have successfully sucked me into actually watching Black Lightning if there if he was more of an integral part of the plot and part of the team, like you know when the what were they called the um oh the paragons yes so when they i had a little bit of an issue with that if that felt a little cheesy the whole paragon thing so this whole paragon thing everybody had this symbolic thing that they represented and i there was no reason for black lightning not to be part of that yeah yeah and i feel like they could have made his episode um of the uh like his his episode before crisis or during crisis actually during crisis week uh before the mid-season break uh they could have made his ep- episode more meaningful it was very much a red skies episode um which you know as we discussed the uh, the idea of red skies is from the original crisis where there would be a, you know it was across all of all of DC but some of the issues just had c- characters commenting that the skies were red and that was the tie in to the original crisis and so it's you know Oh, it was a, very much a Red Skies episode because I'm and I because I watched that episode because I thought, oh, hey, this this ties in, even though it's not labeled as a crisis chapter. This must tie in. And it did tie in in the last like five minutes. Um, but it uh, I felt like there could have been more. I felt like they could have incorporated Black Lightning more in the yeah. main crisis. And that would have like like you said, it would have served, I think, Black Lightning a little better, maybe gotten some more eyeballs on the show. Yeah. Um, cause he kind of just pops up and, you know, doesn't, you know, does a quick little thing to save the flash and then disappears again and then pops up at the end to be like, Oh cool. I got to save this table. And it's like, you know, yeah, they could have done more. I mean, also speaking of characters that didn't get much play, I think DC had the license, Greg Berlanti and team and, and DC had the license to take more risks with this. I mean, this is the biggest thing that they're producing that that crosses over again that crosses media that crosses um generations and they i i I think they could have taken more risks um one of those risks is introducing green lantern i just think i understand like some of the characters were proxies for other characters so you know batman is batwoman and and superman even though tyler hecklin was in and out um was really supergirl and i know we're not going to get a justice league proper but like i don't understand the the 
cold feet around reintroducing Green Lantern. I get that no one liked the Ryan Reynolds movie version, but like which which funny enough, um, Greg Berlanti and Mark Guggenheim uh, co-wrote the screenplay for that. That's why they had that little nod to it at the end yeah, where they were yeah. showing they're showing Oa. And so the as Green Lantern has just his own universe. Yeah, so um, I, I thought that was what was going to happen. We saw we saw the the what, what was it, the movie set? I guess like the yeah oh the, yeah the CGI from from the movie of of Oa. Um, yeah, it was definitely it looked the exact style of that movie um, from 2011. And yeah, I very don't much tell me that you're too haunted by one movie to re create it and recast and you it know what? they've done it with superman mm-hmm. i mean right after brandon routh's superman we got henry cavill superman yeah <laughs> you know it's like you're not you're not it's too like scared. a couple years later we've got like a bajillion jokers mm-hmm. we've got oh, a bajillion geez. batman we're making another batman movie like why like yeah. but don't tell me that green lantern suddenly is off limits because of the reception of of the ryan which i honestly didn't think there was that much I, negativity no, around it that's the so. thing i think it's a bandwagon thing to jump on it and hate on that movie uh i actually did rewatch it recently uh and it was it was not nearly as bad as everyone gives it crap for. Um, and I know like I, I tend to be the defender of things that people really don't like. And I say, Hey, it wasn't that bad. If you look at this, this, and this, um, but it really wasn't, I mean, yeah. Okay. I get the CGI suit may have been a little much, but, um, I thought, uh, I actually thought Ryan Reynolds was a really good Hal Jordan. If you, if you like, look at the, at the comics, especially the earlier comics, Hal's really cocky and very like Ryan Reynolds ish. Um, I thought Taika Waititi was great in that movie. Everyone forgets. I forgot that he was in that movie until I saw him. And I was like, wait a minute, that's, that guy looks familiar. Um, and it was, there were some parts of that movie that absolutely I would change if, if they did it over again, but it was very like, it was, um, and it came out just a couple of years after this, but it was very much, um, the secret origins issue of Green Lantern, which I, when it came out, when that came out and I think it was 2008, um, I, I thought that that was a great blueprint for a Green Lantern movie. Um, uh, our, uh, the third part of our, of our Geek Prime team, Deshaun, uh, and I, at the time, uh, I remember he and I were reading that, uh, The Secret Origins, and we were like, wow, this would be a really cool script for, like, a Green Lantern movie. And then they, that's basically what they made. And, uh, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they should have taken some risks. They, they should have, uh, especially with, uh, and not to step on uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about next, but especially with some of the cameos that they did, they could have at least introduced Green Lantern without committing to him in the Flareoverse, you know? Yeah. So that is one of the things I didn't like. And then the last thing that was a little annoying was I, I kind of wish they explained why some characters were completely absent um in particular i mean i was wondering where iris and cisco were because you know caitlin was around and she was a uh, she was very involved but uh, i iris and cisco at the very to be, end you mean yeah well it iris was... and cisco seemed to be on vacation but my my one big thing is ralph dibney was on vacation and ralph dibney plays a huge role in the in the comic books so doesn't he Oh yeah, well he yeah. plays a big role so, in in Identity Crisis and um, uh, Infinite Crisis on Inf- um, uh, yeah, just Infinite Crisis. Sorry. So well, he, he plays yeah. a bigger role than like 
some of the other characters that were a little bit more, yeah, yeah. More... I mean, granted, in a later crisis that they were, they weren't, they were referencing like the '80s and '90s crisis, and yeah. um, this and Ralph plays a big role in like the 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 mid 2000s crisis. Um, I mean, he hasn't even met Sue. Sue well, he yet. sort of said well, you met. Sue, he hasn't met her properly, but yet. he hasn't fallen in love. I with do. Her. I I take your point though. Yeah, it's kind of like of all the characters to be missing during this. The one thing I will say to defend it is these last two episodes were an episode of Arrow and Legends. So that's why um, the main cast of The Flash wasn't there. Um, that being said, that's as much of a defense as I'm going to give that. I do yeah, take your point. That's a pretty poor excuse. Hey, hey, hey. Hopefully, hey, maybe, maybe the producers will hear this. And maybe, uh, maybe when we get Infinite Crisis... Well, uh, well, they have to. I mean, D- Ralph Dibney has to be in that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if they get there, I don't know. I don't know. You know, who knows when? You know, the next time they do a crisis, because they gotta like let it simmer for a while. They can't just do another crisis right away. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, Infinite Crisis, uh, Infinite Crisis is a little darker. Um, it's a little more Titansy than uh than uh CW Arrowverse, but uh, but we'll see. So now that we've talked about the things that peeved us, what were your favorite parts of of Crisis? Uh, I liked any scene with Kate Kane. I think Batwoman is badass. I think um, Ruby Rose is acting it really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just acting the crap out of that character. Yeah. Um, and she's so convincing and even though she's not supposed to be likable, I like her so much. Um, but I also, I, I just like that she's this, like, she's, she's almost like the everyman. She's coming into this crazy, wacky superhero team up world and where, where not a lot makes sense. And she's like, what the hell's going on here? Like, yeah. I don't, and she's also coming into this world where all the characters all have these relationships and there's so much baggage in those relationships. There's that one scene towards the end where Oliver's talking to Ray Palmer, like, you know, and they're, they're referencing Felicity and she's just staying there. Like what in the world? Like what soap opera did I just step into? And I feel like, I, I feel like that's so refreshing to have a character that doesn't have that backstory and that baggage with them, but she still has to interact with them. And, yeah. and seeing her face and, and hearing her reaction sometimes is just really, it's it, it's it's a really nice sort of leveling of the playing field. Yeah. Um, especially if, if you don't watch one show or the other or or don't watch any of the shows and just tuned in for Crisis, I think you're, you're kind of mostly viewing Crisis through Kate's eyes, mm-hmm. really. Um, so I think she's super relatable. Um, the scene in particular with Kate that I love is when she confronts old Batman, which is played yeah, by Kevin Conroy. Cool with the, uh, the, like the Frank Miller-esque Batman. Yeah. Like what a cool, what, like, like it's, it's an iconic version of, of Batman that mm-hmm. we're getting this old, like, you know, almost like super violent kind of evil Batman, mm-hmm. um, played by just an iconic voice of Batman. Yeah. Like it it was a, an incredibly powerful scene but also Kate in all her Kateness just like challenging him and being like screw you you're an evil asshole and like 
defeating him. Like, yeah. that's that's amazing. That was the whole thing was amazing. And it made me think I think somebody brought this up online. I think I saw it in like a Collider article or, or something that um this this crisis was very much about the forgotten cousins. It's, it's something that like, <laughs> it's something Batwoman and, and Supergirl have yeah. in common is that they're living in the shadow of their very famous cousins. Yeah. And, and to see, um, and, and I mean, metaphorical cousin, the, you know, green arrow was always uh green lanterns kind of buddy that everyone liked green lantern, but nobody really like was particularly like the biggest fan of green arrow. Yeah. I'm sorry if you were the big fan of Green Arrow back in the day, back during the comics, but you know, yeah. It's so it's it's really funny to see just like Kate kind of and 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 Supergirl at the same time like step into their own and 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 come out of the shadows of their famous cousins. Yeah. Um so that that was a cool that was a cool moment. Yeah, that was good. Um I I mean for me it was I mean despite the the various issues I had uh, with, you know, the finished product, seeing Crisis depicted uh, was just amazing. I mean, I agree. I agree very much with uh, with Kevin Smith that it's just super cool to see to see this this thing that like, I I mean, you see how many books I've got here of, uh, <laughs> of all these crises that I spent, you know, my childhood, like, you know, reading or and then when there was a new crisis, it would be, oh, my God, I got to I got to see where the tie ins are. I got to I got to really like get this whole story. I mean, um, I mean, you saw back in uh, back in the mid 2000s when uh, when Infinite Crisis was out, you saw that, you know, those boxes of comic books that I had that I was like trying to get the full fleshed out story. And it was super cool just getting to see that um built up to and then depicted especially after we had it teased in the very first episode of of the flash and i all i could think was they're gonna find some way to get out of this because there's no way they're gonna be able to do this um back in 2014 and here we are in 2020 and we are done with um with crisis on infinite earths and that's i think that's super cool so who are your favorite cameos because there were a lot of a lot of cameos a lot of callbacks who are your favorites so one of my favorite DC franchises ever, I was so, so into it. And this was the absolute last time that I liked Superman. Just going to be real here, um, was Smallville. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that show's a classic. So while I agree with what you said earlier that, like, his cameo was a little bit of a throwaway, I thought, again, this this whole event was a was was an homage to the fans and to see Tom Welling step oh, back yeah step back into the role of Superman was uh that 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 was everything for me I could have mm-hmm. watched just for that cameo alone and we we saw him at Fanex Salt Lake him and uh and Michael Rosenbaum we got to see them on stage oh, that's right and uh they just they have they still very much have that chemistry um, I mean, hearing the two of them like bantering back and forth on stage, like it was, it was one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen. And I would have, like I, like I said before, I would have loved to see at least a scene with Lex, especially when they teased like yeah. that it's President Luther, um, was just super, super exciting. And, uh, I mean, it was great seeing him and Erica Durance and seeing kind of what happened to them after Smallville ended. Cause yeah, Smallville was a huge thing uh when we were younger and uh and it was yeah you're right it helped keep live action dc kind of alive um beyond just the the christopher nolan batman movies uh for quite a while yeah 
Um, so as a Star Trek Next Generation, strictly Next Generation um, fan, uh, sorry, original series fans. Um, You're a Voyager fan as well. I'm, I yes, and I do love Voyager. So as you well. apologize to the DS9 fans. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> as a huge Next Generation fan, uh, Will Wheaton was super fun. Mm. I, and I'm also just a Will Wheaton fan. I was a Wesley Crusher fan um, all during the, the show. Three. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's also like we were like close to the same age, aren't we? He's a little Ish. older than yeah, me. Yeah, he's a little older than us. Um, yeah. We're close to the same age. So, of course, I was like crushing on him when the show was on. Um, and then later I appreciated Wesley's sense of style. And I strove to buy every stripey sweater that I could possibly find. Um, but I just... <laughs> Really love and and we've obviously we've seen we've seen Will Wheaton doing the conference circuit and and whatnot. So he's he's just an awesome guy. And um, I'm so sure we'll have more to talk about with him when we uh, when we do our Picard podcast. That's gonna be. I mean, you can't talk about Picard without mentioning Wesley somewhere. So. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't. It's just <laughs> well, we'll we'll see. We'll see what the what the premiere Picard coming up is yeah so so will wheaton and then my absolute number one i may have screamed when he came on screen was ezra miller that was cool i like here's the thing of of all the things that went wrong with the justice league uh movies i think ezra miller as the flash was was probably one of the better casting choices yeah and and i and the drama that went on around the movie the the flash standalone movie i felt so bad for him like i and i felt bad when he started begging he was like i was gonna i'll write the script myself yeah, and i was oh, like oh you, you sweetheart like you deserve you deserve this movie nobody deserves this more than you um, i'm gonna look it up right now but i'm pretty sure that movie was originally slated to come out um yes, two years ago oh no in 2018 oh, poor um, baby i i i just it was so sad to watch it was so sad to watch that whole project um crash and burn so i I, it was really great seeing him suit up again it was really great seeing him play barry allen and and i think i think grant gustin is doing an amazing amazing job being barry allen i i I think they're both doing an amazing job i think they both have really complementary skills and they're both playing innocent adorable lovable barry allen in their own ways and Barry's Allen, Barry's Allen. Yes. And to see them both sort of interact with each other for however little time that was, was just, it it was, it was all you can ask for as a fan. That, that really is all you can ask for. So this is going to break your heart a little bit on July 20th, 2013, the Hollywood reporter, uh, first, um, reported on a rumor that the flash movie was supposed to come out in 2016. Uh, in October, 2014, Warner brothers announced the movie would be released in 2018 Nice. as its sixth installment of the DCEU. It is currently slated for 2022. And if you Google it, the first two things for people also ask is, is there a flash movie coming out? (laughs) And is the flash movie canceled? Um, how sad is Ezra Miller I mean yeah I think uh, I think that yeah the handling of the movies um, is not the greatest and most cohesive Um, though I think 
um, Greg Berlanti, and I I very much think this was a conscious choice. I think Greg Berlanti did a huge favor to the DCEU with Crisis because they showed all these different universes from past movies and past TV shows and current TV shows and all that. And now with Ezra Miller, current movies, um, with all that being destroyed and then reborn, Greg Berlanti through the TV show, like nobody's going to know except for like real hardcore, like DC fans, but that's who this matters to. He made it so that the DCEU can reboot itself. Yeah. And starting with the new wonder woman, you know, and they can pick and choose which stuff survived to the new DCEU earth and which stuff they want to leave behind. So he, I think did a massive, massive favor to, uh, to the DCEU. Um, it also would, you know, make it very clear that, um, you know, the, uh, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, the Heath Ledger Joker, um, the, uh, the Jared Leto Joker are all on different earths. Um, hopefully the Jared Leto Joker is on an earth very, very <laughs> no. far away from ours. I was like, well, but, uh, uh, <laughs> there listen, an earth listen. where we, we like get rid of that Joker. There is an earth where, where we don't have. Where Jared Leto didn't exist. There, well, well, I think that's a little harsh. I don't think Jared Leto doesn't no, deserve No, not Jared exist. Leto. The Jared I, Leto I know, Joker, I, I guess, I know, is what I, I mean. Well, we don't deserve that earth right now. But, um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, so I think Greg Berlanti and, and Mark Guggenheim and the whole, the whole team at the CW shows did a huge favor to, uh, to the movies, uh, to the DC movies. Uh, and I think that's amazing. Um, as for, as for the cameos I liked, um, mm-hmm. I think the, the first one that I thought of when, uh, when we were thinking about this question, um, I, I think I like yelled and jumped up and. And uh, and scared you a little bit when uh, when it happened. But Marv Wolfman, I thought, was amazing. I believe um, you just you yelled, oh, sh-, <laughs> and then you ran and got it's the Marv. comic. I yelled, it's Marv. Yes. And I, said, I grabbed. Yes, I grabbed my my copy of Crisis on Infinite Earths and shoved it in your face to if, show you. Uh, well, as if you, it meant something to you. You grabbed it as if there was like another Marv Wolfman that I could have been thinking about when you said, oh. It's Marv. Listen. Like, like, oh yeah, the other Marv. Um, (laughs) It was super cool. Uh, It was, and it was very cool to see him in there. And, uh, and it's one of those things that where I, um, I'll give, uh, I'll give this a a bit more of the benefit of the doubt because it had his blessing. And this, like, this was really like uh, the original crisis. Uh, I mean, there were crises before, Crisis on Infinite Earths, but it was like Crisis on Earth X, Crisis on Earth S, Crisis on Earth 13, Crisis on whatever. But they were all very limited to a particular Earth, and they weren't like these massive, this massive crossover. This was the most ambitious uh, thing that DC ever did, and it laid the bl- blueprint for all the other crises that came after it. Um, and it's, it's one of the most iconic uh, uh, events in comic books. Um and one of the better handled iconic events. Um, Cause I know there's a lot of blowback from like death of Superman and all that, but um, it was, it was a, an amazing, amazing project. And it was just super cool to see Marv Wolfman in that. Um, I, I loved, uh, so I'm going to get, I'm going to get a little, little uh, hipstery here, but Robert wall in, uh, in, in, I think it was the first um, uh, chapter of crisis um appeared on earth 89 and he's obviously alexander knox from the 1989 batman and uh it was super cool seeing him and 
kind of implying about the Michael Keaton Batman and everything. Um, but it was great. It was great having him and nod to that Batman because that was the the very first um, big screen Batman I ever saw. Um, when I was a when I was a little kid, my cousin got in trouble for letting me watch it because it was considered too violent for me to watch when I was seven, eight years old. Um, and then uh, the you know the last one you already mentioned him, but Kevin Conroy, it was so cool. Um, uh, we got to meet him at, uh, New York comic-con. Uh, you got to meet him. Oh, that's right. You, oh, we that's right. You weren't in that panel. Two, um, two interviews he, at the same yes, time. Yes. He was very cool. Um, he was very, uh, very approachable. Had a lot of stories to tell. Um, uh, I actually, if you go back a little bit in the feed, I, I posted, uh, part of the interview with him. Um, but it was it was really cool uh, seeing him as Batman. Um, yeah, that was, I think that was, those were my big cameos. Big question. Uh, how do you feel about the Greg Berlanti DC Universe's flagship show Arrow being over? So I think it's a good thing um, and not because I didn't like Arrow. I do like Arrow. Um, I think that it's better to wrap up a show on your own terms, then run out of story and get canceled. Um, and Arrow did have its ups and downs. Um, there, there were a couple seasons that you and I were kind of iffy about the, the last about couple, the writing. Yeah, the last then, couple seasons were rough. But then I'm the, sorry. this past season, this past two seasons were yeah. really good. When they did the flash forwards, uh, when they started with the whole me and William storyline. Yeah, I think that well, really. I, and like you and I even said, like, I feel like they brought back some of the season one writers. I feel like it got a little into its own head for a little while there. Um, have like with, with some of the villains, um, and some of the storylines, it got a little, a little wrapped up in itself. Uh, but I think the, the last two seasons, I think really, uh, really re- went well. And I think that this is a very good way to send Arrow off and thank it for, you know, everything it did i'm glad it's over um i'm sorry arrow wow. arrow went Hopefully on Hopefully, steven amell's not listening to this i'm sorry steven amell it went on for a really long time i was you're right it redeemed itself in the last two seasons i think a lot of that was me and william are really interesting characters um and and i liked some of the the new people. Yeah. The last two seasons redeemed itself. And, and I, I think a lot of it is due to um, me and William. I think they're very compelling characters. They're really fun to watch. I think it was fun to see uh, Oliver revisit his past with them. Um, So whether it's the Island or Russia or, you Mm -hmm. know, to, to, to now bring his kids along on the journey and reconsider and rethink the decisions he's made throughout his life through the filter of I'm a father now, um, was really compelling. It it was more compelling than the two seasons before it combined. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, towards the end of the flashbacks to Lanyu, which I, I very much liked about the format of that show, how there were all these flashbacks leading up until the point that he got, uh, recovered and then and then they kind of like didn't have anything and then they started going to flash forwards um, I think uh, once they started flashing back to the like 
beginning of year four on the island is when it started getting a little muddled for me. And when, it, cause it got, it was getting too close to stuff we'd already seen. Yeah. And it, it had to like kind of wrap up the, the island storyline. But I also, I liked what was so great about those first couple seasons and the, and the flashbacks was the symbolism, you know, that something that happened on the island um, influenced and in Russia, I guess, like influenced Oliver now, yeah, you know, and and that was such a cool, smart way to design a show. Yeah. And then when they lost that, when they lost the flashbacks and just had show, just had yeah. to move the plot forward, I think that's where I became super disengaged and I didn't know where they were going with this. Also, it was better when when I felt when Oliver was more confused and yeah. less sure of himself and was like, you know, do I kill? Do I not kill? I promised Tommy this, but at the same time, forget this guy. You know, like it was very uh, and also like because like we had such like such sad losses, like, you know, we lost Tommy. Uh, we lost uh, Quentin. Uh, we lost um, uh, Laurel, you know, obviously not in that order, but like, you know, we had these like big losses of people that. Oliver essentially brought into things. Yeah. And uh and I thought that was very uh I mean we kind of lost uh Thea and um and Roy. Yeah. You know, uh not they didn't necessarily die but like they had to go away. Um there was a lot Man, of Man, they did Roy dirty. That was I was not expecting that entire yeah, that... I kind of want to know, is, in this new Earth, does Roy have two arms? Yeah. Like, that's, I think that's the big question. I was, I'm surprised they did that, honestly. That was, that that was, was, no, that that was, was probably up. one of the more shocking moments. That I was, was like, whoa, Roy did not this. That and baby but, Sarah being back. Yeah. Well, Those two were the big Here's my thing, is like, Roy was absolutely fine living a life of anonymity mm. in like, you know, as a mechanic in the boonies or something i don't know where he was he keeps changing like mechanic shops yeah. it's like that's his only cover but he was fine he was living a nice comfortable life he was happy had two arms he had two arms and then you drag him back into this for no reason really and like and he loses an arm in the process and i'm just like that is wrong that's really and yeah, the that fact that shame. he kind of accepted it he yeah. was like yeah just just take the arm i I would honestly be cursing out everybody. I mean, if it was a matter of like take the arm or the whole bo- or like the whole me dies, fair, then fair. I'd be like, yeah, sure, take fair, the arm. But, I wouldn't love it, but, but like, I get why he said take the arm. But like, jeez, no. But poor at the guy. end, after they take the arm, he was like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I get for trying yeah, to be here. He's a little. I was like, excuse me. He's a very mellowed out dude. Like, like if someone asked me for a favor and I lost an arm in the process, yeah. I think. I'd be more mad about yeah. this situation. Especially since it was supposed to be like dark, um, dark future Oliver that lost the arm. Uh, yeah. If you remember the, the first season of uh, of Legends back when they actually were were caring about like, um, the timeline and not just being like. I'm hey, surprised let's just have fun. like Roy didn't have like that issue handy and pointed to it and be like, um, excuse me, I'm yeah. not the one that was supposed to lose an arm. No, the same me. The same <laughs> me. You did me dirty, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was. That came out of nowhere. Um, So what do you think this means for the future of of the Arrowverse as a whole? I I think now that they're all sharing the same Earth, supposedly. We'll see. With the exception of like two or three other Earths that have randomly popped up. But like, (laughs) 
I think it's opened the door for more crossovers. I I I do like the the synergy between Flash and Supergirl. They have an, a a really fun friendship uh mm-hmm. between the two of them. Um I want to see more Kate interacting with the you know, Kate being the darker of the superheroes. Yeah. I love having, you know, the the silliness of of a character like the Flash or or Supergirl to ba- balance her out. I also love that friendship between her and Supergirl that's mm-hmm. blossomed where, you know, Supergirl's all like sunshine and rainbows, which is closer to the Supergirl that I know from the comic books, um, which didn't come out until Kate Kane came in and was like, I'm dark, you know, yeah. I'm Batwoman. Um, and, you know, then, then the bubbly ridiculous Kara came out and I love love that um that interaction so I I'm excited for all the supers I'm I'm also excited that Barry built this little legion of superheroes now they have a an HQ and a super friends you mean yeah and and a desk which seems to be important to everybody (laughs) a table (laughs) some chairs with their names on it i did think it was cool that they played the super friends theme when uh when he unveiled that that table yeah that was pretty fun yeah so i'm excited to see them all interact with each other and not stay kind of siloed in their own shows now it it doesn't have to be a big crossover event they don't have to (laughs) acknowledge it you know it could just you know it's not weird if if Batwoman shows up on the Supergirl set. It's not weird. Yeah. Because they yeah, know each other. They don't other. have to travel. And yeah. They don't, they don't well, have to we'll travel see, that far. We'll see if they don't have to travel to another Earth. Again, yeah. like I said, it's very confused about that ending with like that Black Lightning teaser. But um, I think that uh, that Green Arrow and the Canaries will get picked up. Um, I think that uh, it, it'll be a good successor to Green Arrow. And I'm excited about the idea of like a mia led show uh i thought i thought that mia was a great character i love her um and i really like william i really hope he's part of that too um uh the whole flash forward thing uh this this past two seasons of arrow i think are they stuck now Um, in this that's that's another question are they in the past still are they back in the future and is JJ still evil since now there's baby Sarah as well, not baby Sarah, but like at, like preteen Sarah. Sarah exists again. So now I've got Sarah and JJ. So does d- uh, do the Diggles adopt uh, Connor oh, like yeah, they did the normal in, in the in the original timeline is JJ but like all this stuff like what's Sarah's thing? Where are what's the deal with William and Mia? Um, but I really liked um, uh, older William and older Mia. Uh, well, Mia, period. But um, but older William and Mia, I thought was a great storyline. I think those two and Connor were really good. Um, and old, I mean, I guess we have a chance to bring older Zoe back to life. I thought she was great too. Yeah, that was a shame that JJ killed her. I mean, it, I mean it worked for the storyline with especially with like the reveal to renee that like hey my son murders your daughter in the future but not yet so what do you do um <laughs> yeah and diggle did not handle that very well yeah diggle handled it worse than renee did yeah actually... though i mean i think i think if you if if you're the one whose future kid killed your friend's future kid uh future kid then you should be the one that handles it poorly i mean but he uh we could talk it about was, that yeah later. that's a whole another podcast but um but i think i think that's interesting um 
I'm hoping that they clear up within like the next week or so. They clear up this whole like what Earth, um, <laughs> what Earth everybody's on issue. Earth Prime. Um, where is Black Lightning? Because in the teaser, they specifically said you went to a parallel Earth. So are they on the? Are is Black Lightning back on a parallel Earth? Or are they on well, Earth Well, it Prime? was just a teaser. You don't know. I know, I know, like I know. It the, was just, the answer was like, no, guys, we're on Earth Prime. Everything was super settled, and then they threw that one monkey wrench, and I haven't been able to let it go. <laughs> As you can see, the, this is like the, the fourth time I've mentioned no, it. No, no, I get it, because the confusing part was that they did show other Earths. There was like yeah. a, there was a subtitle that was like, Earth 463 or yeah. whatever, and you're like, wait, wait, so there's Earth Prime and Earth, like... 305 yeah. so, like what what's going yeah. on do we skip so, some numbers i think um one of the interesting things not having to do with the arrowverse is the is what this means for the right. dc streaming shows um because swamp thing which i'm pretty sure got canceled um but swamp thing was shown to exist on another earth so swamp thing still exists whether it's in production or not not going to lie, there. when they announced Swamp Thing as a series, I was like, nobody asked for that. I always loved Swamp Thing. Uh, I, I've actually been meaning to watch it. Um, there are other titles that I think DC should focus on before we get yeah, real. Yeah, I just always like Before that, we get real niche. I just always like that weird horror thing. Like, it was just super cool. It's the same problem um, I had with Suicide Squad. You can't be, like, introducing... Well, that's... Okay, well... We're you can't gonna, be introducing these characters when you've got this library of other characters we're getting that into whole could other probably do better. Territory right now, um, but one thing that I'm looking to see is it that ending also implied that Titans and Doom Patrol, mm-hmm. which are very connected and on the same Earth in the streaming shows, are now on different Earths because they showed the Titans that we know with Jason Todd and um, and uh, Raven on one Earth, and then they showed the Doom Patrol specifically with another Raven dancing around in a field on another earth so is doom patrol on the same earth as titans anymore uh or is the doom patrol show is the the doom patrol that they saved that they they got gar from still on that earth and they just don't have a show and the new doom patrol show is on a different earth that's there's a little little confusion there yeah to be to be honest i did not realize that they duplicated Gar and Raven. Um, I didn't they see showed... Gar, but I definitely. Saw I mean, maybe I should Raven go back dancing. and watch it again. But I am ninety nine percent sure that we saw Raven. I mean, that's in the was... same shot, uh, like in one shot before Jason Todd, and then we saw another Earth, and we saw Raven again dancing around with the Doom Patrol. I mean, you, yeah. So I mean, that scene was one second flat. So I, I didn't catch everybody. It took I, me a I'm, second to realize that was the Doom Patrol. I'm 99% sure that is what I saw. I'm going to go back and watch it again. Um, but, uh, but for right now, that's, uh, that's what I'm standing by. So I think there's a lot of exciting stuff in the future for, uh, the DC shows and potentially DC movies. As we, as we talked about the, the way they can, they can, move things around now. They kind of got empowered by Greg Berlanti and Mark Guggenheim and all them, uh, at the, at the, uh, the CW shows. Um, so I think, uh, I think that's it for now. I think we've kind of talked out crisis. Please let us know what you guys think. Uh, you can, you can send us a tweet. You can comment on our Instagram. You can comment on our Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on, uh, whatever, uh, podcast service you use. Uh, please rate us. Um, follow us on socialgeek.prime on Instagram, geekprimex on Twitter and YouTube, and we will see you next time.
拜。